Hello and welcome to the Keto Man's Club podcast. We're glad you're here, where each week we talk about men's health and lifestyle. We do so with the foundation of the ketogenic diet and lifestyle. If you don't know what keto is, stick around and you'll find out. Podcast will bring you real honest fun. Each week we strive to uncover the tips and tricks that you can use in your everyday life to maximize your overall health, find the clearest path to becoming the best version of yourself that you were meant to be. Recording. We'll give it a few moments to be semi-silent. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Keto Man's Club podcast. My name is Chris. I'm one of your hosts. And as always, I'm joined by Jim and Alberto. How's it going? All good, sir. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. It was a productive day of work on several fronts. And uh, now we are doing this. And I'm also fueled by liquid. And that always helps. So... (laughs) Uh, Alberto, how about you? Good, good. A little chilly. It's funny. We just uh, happened to record an episode, what, two days ago, and it was mm-hmm. 80 degrees out. <laughs> and the very next day, it was 38 degrees and raining. So. Yes. Um, it gets in the 30s in Texas? It what? can. It can. What? On a very occasion. Yeah, it, it doesn't snow. It will rain, though. And it's cold rain, and it's no fun. Um, That's been the high in my state for the last couple of days. So. Well, you yeah. know, if it would stay this cold all the time, <laughs> I would be totally okay with it. It's the back and forth, up and down... Um, that that just drives me crazy because my body doesn't get the chance to adjust to a temperature. Yeah. Um, because in Kansas City, growing up, you know, the first couple, the, the first few really cold days, you 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 bundle up and you 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 kind of get have to to you know be warm. But after that, you know, a week or two in to winter, and there's snow on the ground, and I'm in shorts again. So. <laughs> I'm one of those guys, uh, but it, it, it's not doing that down here, and that, that's annoying. So I'm in my sweats and yeah. t-shirt today, and, and yeah, staying inside. But so there's something weird about like when there's 40 degrees and there's snow on the ground, it's warm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when there's 40 degrees and it's not snow on the ground, it just feels cold. Yes, yes, it does. Um, usually because it's wet in the air, and it instead of being on the ground, it's it's in the air, and so we feel it more. Uh, humidity is a wonderful thing like that. So let's go ahead and re- dive right on into our shout outs for the week. Alberto, how about you start? Oh, longtime member and a member of many groups that I'm in, uh, Finn McCrum. <laughs> <laughs> We all know who Finn is. <laughs> There's only one Finn. He's got an action figure. Uh, he likes Jameson. And uh, if, if you don't know who it is from that, stick around. He's um, an amazing top Facebook. hat. Amazing top hat. A phenomenal beard. And, and I've never asked him how tall and big he is, but he seems to be quite the massive individual. Yes. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. And uh, why are we calling him out other than the fact that he's awesome? Uh, just a lot of good engagement. Uh, he always happens to jab a little comment in there that'll that'll make you giggle when everyone else is being serious. And, uh, <laughs> Just uh, kind of an understated member of our group that actually does add quite a bit of, uh, of good content for us. Agreed. Agreed. Jim, how about you? So my shout out is going to James Allen Clark Jr. When you've got four or three first names, you you know you're already cool like that. So James Allen Clark um, is, uh, let me get it pulled up here because I'm looking at two different things. He is from Fayetteville, North Carolina. And there's no description in this other than a Transformation Tuesday. But you, when you see the physical transformations of the guys in our group, it's always awesome. But he did the same shirt before and after kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so he's... You can tell it in his neck, his chin, and everything. The shirt is 
is kind of tight on him. And then that's the before picture. And now total difference. It's baggy on him. And he's got this big grin on, on his face. So a very simple Transformation Tuesday photo, but awesome uh, job, James Allen Clark Jr. Agreed. And I am going to shout out um, uh, Greg Bevington. He uh, he posts pretty regularly on, on Transformation Tuesdays, but he apparently has crossed the 200 pound line. He's got his most recent picture at 199. He started above 300. He doesn't say exactly how high. Um, so he started above 300, though. And you, you can tell his he, it's a it's a whole different whole different ballgame in that regard. So he's done some excellent work on on recording. Uh, claiming his health and he looks happy and, and healthy and that's a, an amazing thing for sure uh so shout out to all of these guys they've they've done great and uh, they engage in our group and it's uh, been pretty awesome so <laughs> let's talk a little bit we talked uh, a little bit about this in in the last podcast episode at the the last week of the year but um it's it by the time that this episode airs it will have officially launched and so we want to reinforce a couple things with it um we now have the tkmc beginners group and it's uh, a place that um if you are still trying to figure out about keto, if you're trying to uh, get uh, started, if you can't answer the question, uh, you know, with with specific information regarding uh, the macros, we're going to encourage you to join the beginners group because that's going to be a great place for you to learn those things and really get a leg up and, and get answers to the questions uh, that that people have at the beginning of their keto journey. So let's talk about that a little bit really quickly. Um, what are our, we still even haven't built it out completely yet at this point. So most of this is speculative. Um, but as we're doing this kind of, let's talk about what it's going to offer for those beginners. So they know what they can do. Um, Jim, let's, let's start with you talking a little bit about uh, what we have talked about regarding like mentorship or, you know, pulling someone in uh, and all of that. Sure. So um, when the Keto Man's Club was founded back in 2017, the idea was that it was for guys who were already familiar with the keto way of eating. You, They didn't want to be in a group um, that they saw the, what can I have at Starbucks or how does this work? Or I want to do it today. So what do I need to do? It was more for a higher level kind of thing. We've had such a huge surge in our group on so many different levels that we've decided for 2020 to offer the TKMC Beginners Group on Facebook for guys who are new to keto, who want to find answers to basic questions and such who want to get that uh, camaraderie like we've seen in the Keto Man's Club and be able to ask questions freely, learn about things, share their successes and whatnot. So um, we're going to do a lot of things. We're going to have um, some of the same administrators and moderators that we have in the Keto Man's Club in the new beginners group. Uh, we've got some other guys who have uh, stepped up and want to participate and help out as well. We're going to do a lot of things where we're um, providing information right at the start. So guys who join the group can see Here's a macro calculator. Here is what you can do if you stall. Here is how you figure out your macro, all these different things. And so um, that's kind of where we're, we're hoping to be when this is launched, which by the time the podcast airs, that's the plan, that it will be up and running and everything. And we'd love to have any guys who are listening to the podcast and discovering keto for the first time um, because it's kind of the New Year's and that people are doing the New Year's resolutions and all that. Now's the time to check it out and um, in a safe uh, environment, again, men's only kind of thing and learning from guys who have walked the walk and talked the talk. 
Absolutely. Alberto, do you want to talk about some of the videos and some of the, the resources that we're planning on trying to put together? Yeah, uh, we're going to have a, I guess we should call it like a bank, so to speak, of, uh, of videos. And hopefully we can get some other people involved that are outside of the group, some uh, quote unquote, the keto pros uh, to, to just give little tidbits of information for people that are getting started, you know, the basic questions, because uh, what we don't want to happen is have these questions repeat themselves over and over and over and over again, which they inevitably will, because there's only so many beginner questions. So they tend to repeat themselves. Uh, but if we can, if we can reference these people say, hey, a uh, great question. Uh, we'll tag you in this video. It'll answer your questions and then hopefully have a decent bank of, of those videos. And then uh, once you're once you're good and comfortable and, and we don't know what the uh, quote unquote like graduation ceremony would be yet to, to for you to join the Keto Man's Club. It's it's not going to be anything crazy. It might just be a time frame. It might be a time frame and post some meals. It might have to do with engagement. It might have to do with pictures of the scale kind of proven that it's working. We, we have no idea. All that's still up in the air, but it, it's not going to be anything too crazy. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And this is just going to be a really great place for men to, to get together and, and learn. It, we, we do hope that there are things I'll say it this way. Keto for women and actually probably more complicated than it is for men um, <laughs> on, on some level because we're dealing with hormones and for men, our hormones are a little more level throughout the month. Um, the views expressed by this host don't necessarily recommend her. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to be. You're, you're going in deep territory, Chris. Yeah, I am. I, I, I am. <laughs> uh, if this gets edited out later, it gets edited out earlier. Oh, no, no. It stays. No, it stays. <laughs> um, stuck it, ladies you, and you just got to say, because men are men. <laughs> because men are men. Um, yes. So it, 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 there, there is a difference for keto for, for men and keto for women. Uh, on some level and so this will be a group where men can actually talk about the men stuff and not have to worry about some of the other things that that are in the mixed groups or in the women only groups uh let them focus on those things and that's good that's great everybody needs a resource for them um and you know there's nothing wrong with camaraderie among men there's nothing wrong with that all uh, whatsoever so this will be a really great uh resource for for us to to get the people that are just starting uh for that um like we said we'll we'll have some video content we'll have some mentors that are there to answer questions and uh hopefully you you know those people that join they'll learn quick and they'll be able to join the ranks of the official keto man's club uh in in no time and so we're 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 looking forward to this. This is going to be a great opportunity for those uh, just getting started. So um, I think that's it for the announcements for business. Uh, I will throw it in while I'm thinking about it. Uh, a, a quick encouragement for all of you, you listening. Uh, if you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. We've got right now, this is probably episode almost 39, 40, maybe. Am I counting Woo-hoo! wrong? We're, we're getting up there. We're getting up there. And so um, we're, we're not stopping anytime soon um and so please uh you know go ahead and, and subscribe we've got lots of great guests that are going to come in the future we've got lots of get- great guests that have been with us in the past check them all out if you haven't already and we will uh we we just look forward to that and if you do find value in our, our these podcasts and subscribe take a few moments share it maybe leave a comment or a rating those things go a long way to help get the word out about this uh podcast about the group and all of that so um, that's all the business. And now we get to go into the uh, focus of our guest, because we do have a guest this week, and he is the one and only Corey Madraski. And I say one and only because there's only one guy I know that can actually pull off short shorts the way he does. 
<laughs> the man with the thickest thighs in the game. <laughs> yep. Uh, so we're we're gonna get into his story today, and uh, and we're gonna learn a lot about rucking. Um, if you don't know what that is, you will by the end of this episode, I'm sure. He's actually a return guest to the podcast. Actually, he joined us for the KetoCon Roundtable. So if for those of you who have heard that episode, his voice will sound uh, f- uh, familiar, and we'll be able to uh, dive into his story specifically today. So Corey, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Um, before we get started, uh, we'll go back to that hormonal uh, comment that uh, <laughs> you guys uh, touched on. Uh, I would put it as men have a 365-day cycle, whereas women have a 28-day cycle. So we're very much more consistent. <laughs> Chris, you're fired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that that's a very respectful way to put it. That's for sure. Um, and of course, I've known some guys that were out of hormonal balance and they were having some cycles a little bit more frequently um so okay Corey, let's let's get into to your background we'll start at the beginning like what we always do um lead us up into you realizing that you needed to uh correct or or fix something health-wise oh geez um that that was a long time ago uh when I was going through high school, I was trying to get into the army and, uh, I was about, I was running about 220 and I was wrestling at heavyweight, which if back in the day was actually pretty light for heavyweight, heavyweight at that time went from 216 all the way up to 275. And so the army said, no, you're too heavy. And I was at that point, I had been ranked 19th in state Ohio in my weight division for wrestling. So I was a little confused. Um, so I decided to go to college and get a degree and try to lose the weight while I was in college, which was a bad idea because when you go to college, you gain more weight from the stress <laughs> of uh, being responsible for yourself for the first time in your life. Um, so I graduated college and at that point I was about 330 pounds, I believe. Um, and then I, uh, spent a few years outside of college, just kind of, uh, working in the private sector as a pool supply salesman. And, uh, the average lunch over at the pool store would be, uh, uh, run over to McDonald's and get two twenty pieces. And then how is that within about five minutes? Um, and then be drinking, you know, me and my, my manager would drink a 24 pack of diet Coke in a day. And, uh, things didn't look so good. And uh, by the time I finally left that job and went to school for to get my physical therapist assisting degree, um, my weight really hadn't changed. So I, uh, my, my first job, I went vegan for a good three years. And I went from 330 down to about 250. But it was horrible. <laughs> Um, because I mean, I, I really believe I was deluding myself and uh, saying how good I felt because I had lost the weight and that's really all I cared about. So I remember I was drinking, you know, juices with, um, arugula and mint and, um, cayenne pepper, uh, sweet potato, you name it. I was juicing it. And I just remember feeling cold all the dang time. And so I knew that wasn't the, the answer. Uh, so after I got done with veganism, I just went back to kind of standard American diet and CrossFit. And, uh, during, uh, my CrossFit time is when I got introduced to GoRuck. So we'll get into that in a little bit. 
but after a few years at GORUCK, I was like, this this is, shouldn't be getting harder. This should be getting easier because I've been doing more of these events. And uh, it wasn't getting easier. So I knew a change needed to be made. Um, I was listening to Tim Ferriss's uh, audio book. Um, the, what is it? The four hour diet or uh, four, hour four hour diet or oh, something like that. Day. Yeah. And um and he talked about ketosis and he was talking about cyclical keto where, you know, you spend about six days in ketosis and then you have your cheat day to get it out of your system. And I did that for a while. And then I was like, well, why am I having a cheat day? I, I already like the food as it is. Why don't I just stay in ketosis all the time? So I did. And at that point, I was probably pushing. I didn't really track my weight before I went into keto. So I estimated it somewhere between 285 and 300. And then if you, you know, I started tracking it in my fitness pals with macros and everything. And it just, it, you can, you're, you're like, oh yeah, there's, you know, my weight across my lifespan and then keto. And it, there's this sharp, sharp decline. And uh, I've never looked back since. Cool. Cool. So um, let's, let's dig into the veganism part of that. You said you just felt awful. Uh, when you, when you went into that, that side of things, was that because you thought it was more healthy? What, what actually convinced you that that was something worth doing? Um, I was working at a physical therapy practice and here in uh, my hometown, Toledo, Ohio. And, um, we had just rented out a space to, um, a holistic health coach. Um, who I, I'm not afraid to admit, I'm still friends with her. She's a very nice lady. She helps a lot of people around here. Um, but, uh, after a few years of it, I realized that veganism wasn't me, but she had come in and pitched the staff on her services. And I was like, well, I, this is one thing I haven't tried, so I might as well try it. And, uh, so at that time I was working as the aquatic physical therapist assistant. So I stood in a 94 degree heated pool and I actually showed people how to do aquatic exercise, uh, for about five hours a day. And so I wasn't losing weight and I was in this hot friggin' pool. So, um, I started Mary's program and she got me juicing and eating all, you know, spaghetti squash and, you know, the zucchini boats and all these things. And I lost the weight, but you know, is what, what tasted better? Was it the weight loss or was it the zucchini boat? And the weight loss is definitely what kept me going. But as soon as that stopped, as soon as I hit a plateau, it was, I, I jumped ship and I went back to old habits. You talked about your weight and everything, but give us a little bit about your size. Like how tall are you or are other family oh, okay. members big and things like that? Because, you know, we hear it from different guys where, or guys that have different backgrounds, so to speak. They're the, they're the big guy of the family or everybody's mm -hmm. had a weight issue, whatnot. So talk a little bit about that. Everybody's got it. Uh, me, my dad, my brother, um, we're all clones of each other. You know, when we would go to the bowling alley for Friday nights, uh, me and my brother would stand next to each other and we would laugh and everyone would be like, oh, my God, it's Mojo and Stereo. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we, we look, we look the same. We sound the same. We act the same. We're just clones. So, um, you know, to say that there's some kind of genetic or epigenetic, uh, factor there is, uh, there's no denying it. Right. Um, my brother was big, you know, <laughs> I could show people my brother's picture and they'll be like, oh yeah, you, do you, that, your, your hair color changed. Did you dye that? And I'm like, no, that's my brother. You know, you just, there's, there's no, you couldn't tell a difference between us almost. He was seven years older than I am. Wow. 
Wow. Yeah. Um, my dad, um, he's uh, he he's no longer with us. He passed away about two years ago, but uh, he had pretty bad diabetes, um, heart disease. Uh, when he passed, he actually it was um, due to a wound that he had gotten, and his, the diabetes wasn't allowing him to heal. It was to the point where you could take your finger and touch his hip bone without touching flesh. That's how bad oh he had worn God. a hole in his rear end, um, oh. which is what we in the business refer to as a pressure ulcer. Right. Um, but he had also been on kidney dialysis for years. Uh, he had um, a heart attack back when I was in high school getting my driver's uh, attempts. Uh, it's just, he was, his life was just a, a battle with chronic disease. And I really didn't, I don't want that for myself and I don't want my children to see that sort of thing. How old was your dad when he passed away? Uh, he was 70. So yeah, my family has been pretty big uh, and, you know, we all struggled with it. My mom, you know, she would try to get us exercising and then, you know, feed us a uh, fruit cocktail from a can and get us eating, you know, low fat chicken from Tyson, just breaded processed stuff that I look back and I mm -hmm. wonder, I was like, why, why didn't we think about that? <laughs> <laughs> Well, nobody did. So you really, I mean, you know, if, you, mm -hmm. if we all think back to how we all grew up at that time, what we were eating at the time and the TV dinners and everything frozen mm -hmm. and out of boxes, it was like, it was the time of, of convenience and mass consumption. And it was just how things were done. I mean, my mom cooked a lot of stuff from scratch, but uh, that doesn't mean that, you know, everyone, that we weren't eating our fair share of what we all would now consider uh, junk food. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could house um, a 12 pack of hard tacos from Taco Bell like it was a snack. Uh, when I was in grade school, I could take, if you guys remember, Pizza Hut had a Bigfoot pizza. It was like this big rectangular friggin' pizza. Oh, I could yeah. Eat one of those by myself. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was good times. <laughs> So now you're Nowadays. into the carrying. Uh, now you're into carrying heavy things on your back for long distances and long periods of time. While you know, showing gratuitous leg. <laughs> showing your, the thickest thighs in the game. Yeah. <laughs> so start Thick. start with this at the very top because I was actually talking to my wife about this this morning and she's like she's like oh rucking's a thing I'm like yeah rucking's a thing she's like well, what kind of thing is it and I'm like it's a organization it's a club it, I'm like you know what I'll have more answers for you later so start very very broad uh, of how you got involved what exactly is go ruck and then and kind of go in as far as you want well let's unpack it from rucking let's start there because um rucking i think is uh essentially one of those prime primal movement patterns that we've had since we were cavemen you know it's you know the, it, it's evolved over the years with technology we now have backpacks aka rucks that we can carry stuff in but the movement pattern is roughly the same if you were on the the plains of africa or you were running through the jungles of borneo and you take down a gazelle or whatever creatures are in Borneo, I'm not that well-traveled, um, you're going to have to carry that back to your camp and you're going to have to slaughter it so that you can feed the rest of your tribe. And that's no different than rucking now is essentially everybody does it uh, just a little bit differently is, you know, you, you load up your laptop and you get on the subway and you, you walk to work or, you know, you have your everyday carry bag of stuff that you need while you're at work to sustain your keto lifestyle. <laughs> you, you basically have a gym on your back and you're ready to go anytime. 
um, it, it's it's something our military has done ever since it's existed. Is we've had guys in backpacks running through the woods trying to fend off the British, or we've been crawling through the trenches of World War One, or um, hiking through the the Pacific Islands in World War Two. Uh, Vietnam, you know, every armed conflict, you've got to move your gear, you've got to move food to supply your men and keep them uh, going logistically. And most of the time it was carried on your back. What What is the weight? I mean, I'm, I, I mm-hmm. got a buddy that is doing this now and told me I need to join them at some time. What is the weight? Is it, I mean, is it dependent upon the person or how, how do you determine what's a good weight for somebody who wants to get into rucking? I like to go by GORUCK's uh, standards. So let's let's talk about who GORUCK is and, and what their deal is. Is I, I got introduced to GORUCK by my um, weightlifting coach. Uh, his name was Mike Yushek. He was He's a pretty cool guy that I still hang out with. He had done a GORUCK event and he told me about it and i was like yes that sounds awesome the it basically it was a company started by a green beret he wanted to make the world's best backpack so it was made out of special forces material um it had a lifetime warranty as long as you didn't shoot it or stab it or set it on fire they would you ship it back to them they repair it they send it back to you um but he needed a way to show people how it was the toughest backpack so he came up with go ruck challenge at first, when the Go Rock Challenge came out, there wasn't a whole lot of info on it. It was just like, here, show up to this spot, have these items in your ruck, and be ready to go for however long we say. Since then, it's kind of morphed. There are different levels to the Go Rock Challenge now. They have a heavy, they have a tough, they have a light, and they have selection. Uh, so a light is about five to six hours. You can expect to go about eight to ten miles. Um, for weight wise, people would normally, if you're under 150 pounds, you carry 10 pounds in your ruck separate from all the other gear. And then if you're over 150, they want you carrying 20 pounds separate from everything. So how you, what you carry is up to you. Um, I have special weighted plates. Um, but I've seen people take bricks and duct tape them together. I've seen people take, you know, weights from their weight sets and stuff them in their bag. I've seen all sorts of Franken weights that people have made over the years. One of my team RWB folk had made like a plywood board and hit, they had zip tied like different hand weights and, um, think odds and ends from around the house to it just to stabilize it. And they were walking around using that as their ruck. Um, hmm. So from there on, then you have the tough, which is um, about 10 to 12 hours. And you you can expect to go somewhere between 12 to 20 miles on that. And they recommend that if you're under 150 pounds, you ruck with 20 pounds. And if you're over the 150 pounds, you should ruck 30 pounds. If you're exactly 150 pounds, do what you think is right, which is go heavy. Go with the third. Um, the heavy is a 24 plus hour um, team building event. Um, oh, which by the way, I, Kadre DS is going to kill me if I don't give his definition of what GORUCK is. GORUCK is a, is a team building endurance event based on special operations training, if you want the succinct version. And uh, so back to the heavy, the heavy is 24 plus hours. You can expect to go 40 plus miles and it's billed as the ultimate team building event. Um, the, the standards for weight are the same 20 pounds. If you're under 150, 30 pounds, if you're over 150, um, but it gets a little bit trickier because then you have to pack all that gear to sustain yourself while you're out there. You know, you've got other things in your ruck, like your headlamp, you've got, you know, a windbreaker, if there's weather, extra socks, if you need them, um, lickies and shoeys, which is, you know, food. 
uh, uh, different um, friction mitigation salves or um, sticks or stuff like that. And then odds and end gear that the cadre have you bring with you if they decide to do something special. And then the final event is selection. Um, selection is not a team event. That is a individual event. It's 48 plus hours long. And if you can uh, complete selection, you can go to any GORUCK event free for the rest of your life. And 48 hours nonstop, 48 hours you're camping at times? What's oh, That's a little more complicated because there is a pre-selection <laughs> qualification. So there's like a fitness test that you have to do before you can actually take place in selection. And then if as long as you pass the PT test, then you move on to selection. And then selection just starts 48 hours of the cadre um, kicking your dick in. <laughs> Holy cow! They're they're not nice. They they their their whole purpose during selection is to get you to quit, and because they're this is the toughest um, endurance event on the planet. So they are not your friend. Um, you meet the standard, or you're out. The standard is the standard, and there is nothing else. Hmm. And it's He's not hey. just walking, is it? Like, don't you say no. you do like uh, you do you you'll stop and, and do like physical challenges and stuff. So it's not like you. It's not just hiking. We'll do PT when we stop for breaks. But I mean, it's don't get me wrong. Uh, during the you know the heavy tough light um, events, it's not nonstop rucking. It's not nonstop PT. There are times where we stop, and the cadre will tell us about you know what they did during their military service, or what they've been doing, or they'll tell us stories from their service, or if it's a special event that we're commemorating. Like I've done, I just did uh, the Battle of Mogadishu, um, Mogadishu Mile events in Detroit back in October. And if you've ever watched the movie Black Hawk down um that event is kind of to honor the guys that passed away during that operation there were 19 casualties um that died when those two blackhawks went down and then there's one casualty after the battle was over due to a mortar attack and so we're out there kind of honoring those guys memories and making sure they're not got huh so we're telling their stories um like i had for this latest event i had Dom, uh sergeant dominic pila he's from new jersey he was the the first official casualty of the battle of mogadishu um he was in the he was a ranger in the convoy that was going to pick up the high value targets at the hotel that uh delta and rangers were attacking to get uh intel on the warlord they were going to take out in mogadishu well, in somalia and uh he caught um around just above his right eye under his helmet from uh, the fire from the streets as they were moving the convoy to the hotel. Um, very sad, but, uh, you know, it's the memory of those heroes that uh, this nation's built on. And, and to go out there and honor them, I don't think there's, you know, a, a better thing to do with your Thursday through Sunday night. So um, through through GORUCK, you've you've done done pretty much every type of event other than selection, right? Pretty much the only event other than selection that I haven't done is um, the 50 mile star course, uh, which that's kind of on my list for next year. It's like the one thing I haven't really tackled yet. And until I can get more in shape for selection, um, we're going to have to wait and see what comes. Uh, that's the 50 mile star course is based off of, um, Teddy Roosevelt, uh, kind of threw down a challenge to the Marines, uh, during his reign and said, you know, there's a lot of out of shape guys in the core and we need to do something about that. If you want to stay in the core, you're going to pack up your stuff and you're going to walk 50 miles. If you can't make it, you're out. And so 
that is um, the basis for that event. Um, President Kenny kind of um, revived it back in the 60s as uh, the, his physical fitness initiative. And now GORUCK has brought it back as a kind of a, almost a fun race. It's a little bit better than um, the Go Ruck Challenge. If you if you want to if you want something that's just rucking, um, the Star Course is definitely for you. Uh, and they've have different levels of that now. It used to be just the fifty. Now they have um, uh, a marathon twenty six point two, and then they have like a I don't know if it's a five k or a ten k um, level that they're they're doing now. But uh, it's your if you're I think if you're over 150 pounds, it's 20 pounds in your ruck. And then if you're under 150, it's only 10 pounds. But the star course has a time cap, 20 hours. So you have to go to the different checkpoints in the city and um, make your time hack or you don't get your patch and you don't get you don't get the finish. So that actually brings up um, a couple different things that I know that people will be curious about. So where do these happen? Because usually you you, you think, you know, backpacking, woods, mountains. Mm-hmm. That's not exactly where this normally happens, number one. And uh, talk a little bit about what you do, uh, especially in the team building things uh, that happen during uh, during these events. Okay, so um, go ruck. Uh, typically, when we say rucking, we're we're doing it in an urban environment. We're doing it in New York City, Detroit, Columbus, Indianapolis. Um, I, I've seen stuff in uh, I think Coronado in San Diego, um, Seattle. Um, when I was down at KetoCon, I actually skipped out on Saturday to go rucking with the Central Texas uh, Ruck Club. Taco so, ta- Taco Ruck. The Taco Ruck. I didn't eat any tacos, but it was nice to be with those a nice crew of uh, people enjoying themselves. Uh, you know, you can do rucking anywhere. It doesn't have to be in the woods. It doesn't have to be in, in, in an urban setting. I I walk around my neighborhood, and if I if I don't feel like driving to one of the metro parks, or if I if I'm on a uh, press for time to get a good workout in, I'll just you know walk up and down the streets. You know, you can you can ruck anywhere. It's just a matter of how creative are you uh, to look at the world and go, can I ruck that? Yeah, and and so a lot of people will. Um... They they will do like call outs each month for like personal challenges for you, you know, when in between events and things like that. Talk a little bit about that and the community, uh, both online and, and off that ha- has come around this rucking thing. Yeah. So Go Ruck is kind of um, uh, started setting up ruck clubs throughout the area or without the throughout the country. Um, so if people are really like rucking and they want to you know, do it with a group of people because you can do it alone and it's it's a good workout. But it's more fun when you got friends with you. You can talk about stuff. You can tell jokes. And you just you're all walking together, being a tribe kind of thing. And uh, that is something really beautiful. Uh, my, my ruck club is actually through an, uh, veterans organi- organization, um, team RWB. Uh, we are a organization that helps, um, military personnel take in transition from the military to civilian life through physical and social activities. So in, within our chapter, we do some running, we do, um, yoga, um, I just happen to run the rucking portion of it. So like tonight when I get done talking to you guys, I'll probably be looking around at what Metro Park in the area I want to have Saturday's ruck at. Or, you know, I'll, I'll start planning. Go Ruck sends out these call outs where um, these are challenges that the ruck clubs can um, perform that are actually really fun. 
to get patches. Everything in GORUCK is all about the patches. Where you you do the events to get patches, you do the call-outs to get patches. Um, GORUCK even puts out little ch- workout challenges. Uh, excuse me, through throughout the year, like they have a monthly challenge um, where they'll either post um, workouts that you have to do weekly, or they'll tell you like at the beginning of this year they wanted people to do 50 miles rucking within the first two weeks of the year. And so that that becomes a challenge because, hey, it's cold out, but I want this patch. It looks sweet and I want to earn it uh, because you can you're on the honor system. You can say, hey, I did 50 miles and I'll send you a freaking patch. But every time you look at that patch, you're going to go, I didn't really earn that. I just I just said I did it. What good is it to me? Every every patch. I have a patch board um, in the other room. It's rather impressive looking. Yes, it is. It, it, every patch on that board represents hours and hours of um, sweat, definitely blood, sometimes uh, tears, a couple times, um, and an investment. Every patch is a story, and that's really what I love uh, doing. That's why I started KetoRucker.com is I wanted to share my stories of rucking. Uh, like my. My favorite story to tell was my second event was the Mogadishu Mile in Cleveland. It was 46 degrees, raining sideways, and we were getting uh, drilled by a, a, a former Navy SEAL. We had a counter-terrorist Green Beret there, and then there was a third cadre who I can't remember. And uh, I was utterly exhausted by the end of that event, but um, it, I was I was hooked. I was that was it. We we had um, I think 43 people started that event and 40 finished. And by about the last mile of the event, the cadre had killed off half of the team. So when cadre say, hey, you're dead, lay down, it's up to your team to pick them up and their gear up, carry them as far as he sets. So we had pretty much half the team. We were carrying dead and we had to get them back to the the, the finish point. And uh, it, it, it takes you to that pain cave. It takes you to that place deep inside of yourself where you're talking to yourself in that internal voice saying, part of you saying, you can't do this. But then slowly that little little voice peeks up and says, yes, you can do this. Keep going. You got this. And then before you know it, uh, you're there. You're at the finish. And everyone's smiling and they're patting you on the back. And then the cadre hands you that patch. And to anybody else who's never done an event, it's just a patch. Who cares? But to me, that, that patch represents miles. It represents the sweat I put into carrying some stupid log or, you know, uh, I had to carry one of my friends for I don't know how long. Or it was a matter of learning how to switch a sandbag while still moving and not stop. So everything, every patch on that board is telling a story. And I can't wait till my kids are old enough where they, they can point to a patch and go, tell me about that one. That's awesome. <laughs> are you are you familiar with, uh, this is kind of a little off topic, but you know Steve Ranella? Uh, I can't show say familiar Eater. with him. He's got a show no. on Netflix, uh, Meat Eater. He's a hunter. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty much his show is him just going out into the woods and his experience with hunting, kind of documentary-ish, but not really. Anyways, um, he what you were talking about just kind of reminded me of it. He was saying that like uh, how they, sometimes they go out, you know, they go to do this hunt and they got two or three mm-hmm. people and it's raining and it's 30 degrees and the rain comes down sideways and nothing goes as planned. And he's like, you know what? He's like, the suck is what makes the memories. He's like, the days Absolutely. you go out and, and you know, you, you, you get your kill on the first day and everything goes great. He's like, you never talk about those. He's like, it's days like this. We're 
out here and it's 30 degrees and the rain's coming down sideways and we haven't seen an animal in two days and we're not getting picked up for three days. It's like, this is what we're going to look back on and laugh, laugh about. These are the memories that we're making right now. And, and your experience uh, with what you were just saying uh, reminded me of that episode. Uh, it's on Netflix. It's definitely worth watching. Su- super cool guy. Super knowledgeable guy. I mean, he's got his own podcast too. Uh, got his own cookbooks. Uh, the guy's all over the place. He's, he's awesome. I definitely check him out. He's cool. I mean, I I follow a lot of different people. I was big into Mark Divine for a while over at Seal Seal Fit. Um, obviously, uh, uh, I can't remember his name. Goggins. Uh, I read his oh, book, yeah. which actually his audio book. If you guys um, listen to that on Audible, it's way better because they stick in like the cliff notes in between the chapters. Um, uh, just. Uh, taken and i like to study all about the mental aspect of everything because really a go ruck event is all about the mental um you're you're there as a team and if if you're thinking about quitting you need to talk to your team because uh the weights only get heavier as you lose more people i was in an event in ann arbor michigan and it was it was my second tough and we had these giant giant tree logs um the the cadre had shaved all the friggin' bark off and they were slippery as hell and this is like veterans day weekend and people were quitting in the middle of the event and all that did was screw the people that stuck around because we had to drag these logs up and down the road and that you're not helping anybody out that way um so you know when you say it's like three guys waiting for their pickup that's that's kind of what these events are is it's you i have so many relationships that i've i've built just from go ruck events um i have friends that i only see at go ruck events and but they've been through the stuff with me and we'll always remember you know remember this guy when he was talking all this trash but then he quit right after the deck of cards we you know that's the kind of stuff we remember when we go out on these events we're always talking about that so what which which experience would you say is kind of your 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 most impactful uh as far as event or like what what, what was that like Oh, it's so hard to to say which one was most impactful because every one is its own unique experience. Um, my um, the one that I've been and waiting for for the longest time was the one I just did in Detroit back in October. Was the the we did a custom event um, uh, on uh, October third for that followed the actual events of the Black Hawk Down um, scenario or the, the battle of Mogadishu. So, um, we started at three o'clock and the first chopper went down at three forty-two, and that's when we kind of stopped and like, all right, the first chopper went down. This is, this is what it was like on the ground. And the cadre running the event, his name's cadre Igor. He was one of the Delta operators that was on standby. Um, when the, when the Blackhawks went down, he was, I believe it was uh, Bravo team. And it was actually Alpha Team that was uh, going in to raid the hotel. So that was really cool. We 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 were talking to somebody who was there, actually part of the history. It's one thing to have somebody tell you about an event. It's uh, another thing to talk to somebody who, you know, like the World War II vets were like telling you about Normandy and D-Day. That's very powerful. Um, it's, it's amazing to talk to somebody who uh, was there uh, at the 9-11 
um, tragedy when it happened and get their um, story. So Kadri Igor teaching us, you know, telling us, you know, hey, you know that scene, that beginning scene in the movie Black Hawk Down where they like they shoot the guy's engine on his car and then they walk all up cool to his window and tap on it and he's like hangs up his phone all cool. That shit never happened. That was that was all that was all Hollywood. And he was giving us the real deal on like the Black Hawk Down movie and then he was telling us like during that event we got to go to a CrossFit gym and do um fast roping off of a, a climbing rope at the gym. Um, which I, I, I wrote up a whole after action report on this if you want to read it on my website. But um, that was a really cool event because we got the fast rope. So we got to kind of experience, you know, what it's like uh, for an operator to, you know, go down a rope with, you know, 100 pounds of gear on them. And then they got to go in and they got to clear a building with unknown bad guys and then get the heck out of Dodge. And he showed us, you know, the basics of close quarter combat on how to clear a room using like airsoft rifles. Um, so we really got, uh, the Goruck always said that their mission was to kind of bridge the gap between civilians and military. And I thought that event really did a great job of it. I was just going to kind of transitioning back to health and everything. So all of this rucking and everything and all this physical activity you've done. So tie back in keto and this to where you're at right now, health wise, weight wise. Okay. Everything. So when I started Goruck events, I was Partly plant-based, partly paleo, making that transition. And so I did three years of GORUCK events. There's got to be an easier way. I'm doing all this work. Why am I not getting fitter? So I finally started the keto diet. And, you know, between the rucking and the diet, I was I was dropping weight like mad. And then when I finally kind of reached my, my peak weight loss, um, I finally had the confidence to go and do these heavies and do, you know, try to do multiple events back to back. And it, it, life seemed a lot easier when I wasn't carrying all that weight um, because, let's, I mean, let's face it, you take a 300-pound dude and then you throw another 80-pound sandbag on top of him while carrying a 30-pound ruck, um, that's a lot of weight. So if I drop all that and then I have, I'm strong from carrying all that in the first place, and then life is a lot easier going up and down stairs with all that gear. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then just my whole self image improved. Um, I finally, for the first time in my life, I felt like I could actually, um, speak to my patients with confidence because when you're a healthcare provider and you're overweight and you, you don't look healthy yourself, it, it's hard to really speak to these people and tell them, you got to do this, you got to move, or, you know, you're never going to get better. Right. You know? And they look at you and they're like, well, you're not doing any better than I am. Yeah, that, that type of um, perceived hypocrisy is, is there uh, with that. And it, it's not full on. I think there's a lot of ignorance that happens in the world, but we have doctors and and so-called professionals and they aren't healthy uh whether they're you know averaged weight or not they're not healthy and Mm -hmm. they're telling us you know oh you need to do this you need to do that and we just kind of know a little bit different these days and that's that's not a bad thing so let's um so you 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 were talking about your stats things that you've that you've achieved at this point you're you're 
Doing pretty good. So talk about where you stand right now and, and any goals that you have uh, still still that you're trying to pursue. Oh, right now. Um, so my lowest uh, I got down to was about 204. That was during the September 11th events back in 18. And uh, then I uh, I bought a house and I had a, a, a another child. So uh, between stress and um, weightlifting, I put on about 30 pounds. So I'm sitting good at about 230 right now. Uh, I would like to get those numbers down to about 190, but it's one of those things where I'm also learning to manage my stress levels because um, that hormonal component comes back in is if you're in that constant um, sympathetic state of fight or flight, your body doesn't necessarily want to relax enough to let you drop that weight. So uh, getting comfortable with having massive amount of debt from having a house and starting a business and still trying to work my day job while raising two tiny humans and keeping my wife pleased while still trying to do my hobby that takes massive amounts of of uh, time to perform a movement is uh, a delicate balancing act, to say the least. Absolutely. I know a little bit about that. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so let, let's, so that's a, a, you know, you're, you have transitioned into trying to um, not just take this and, and benefit yourself, but you're trying to turn this around to, to help others too. You, mm-hmm. uh, you're doing it with your, your spin on it. Um, mm-hmm. But tell us a little bit about the website, what you're doing, uh, things that you're, where you're, you're hoping to take that. Mm-hmm. So right now I, I started uh, about a, the beginning of the year, I filed for my business. And then a couple months later, I finally sat down and put in the work and, and made it up as the Keto Rucker blog, ketorucker.com. And I just wanted to kind of share my part of the narrative. And I, every, all my patients always tell me about how inspiring and, and how how much they, they wish they could do what I do. And I, I ask them, well, why not? Why, you know, unless you're 103, there's no reason that you can't at least get out and go walking. There's no reason that you can't put, if you can't do 10 pounds in your ruck, get put a water bottle, put two water bottles. Just go with an empty ruck until an empty ruck is easy. You know, my the biggest thing I like to preach is activity modification. Uh, I had a really great um, uh, undergraduate professor in uh, developmental kinesiology. He preached about activity modification. If you can't do something, modify it until it's easy enough for you to do. And then once it feels really easy, make it harder so that it's not quite as easy, but it's still realistic. And I think that applies to more than just physical activity. That that applies to mental, emotional, uh, eating, anything in life. If, if it's too hard, figure out a way to make it easier so that you can do it. And then challenge yourself to go a little bit further and a little bit further and a little bit further. So Keto Ruckers oh. is, is is my telling of how... I'm trying to push it a little bit further every time, but I'm also trying to give people tips and, you know, so they don't make the same mistakes I made because when I was, when I started keto, you know, I never, I I didn't think that, oh man, I hit a plateau. Maybe I should address, adjust my macros. I've been using the same macros for months now. Maybe I need to titrate them down. There you go. So uh, one of the things that I quote all the time that is directly from you, I just want a little bit of backstory on. And I actually just said this to my wife, you know, being a parent, uh, it's a running joke in my house. But uh, the quote that that comes from you that I love so much, you did this to you. 
I cannot take full credit for that quote. Um, You're getting it anyways. Uh, well, um, I was uh, doing a custom Go Ruck event um, in Port Clinton, Ohio, which is out there by Sear Point, if anyone knows the area. Um, I do, actually. <laughs> uh, we were doing it um, the, for the Battle of Lake Erie. And my friend Dean, who uh, is a GRT Go Ruck tough guy from up in Detroit, he kept saying like these off-the-wall quotes. And so he would he would say, like, you did this to you. And then he would be like, Dolly Parton, 1812. Or, <laughs> or um, uh, just he kept saying it over and over again. And here's the thing with stuff that Dean says is it, it's, it becomes almost hypnotic. And then you can't stop saying it. So the entire event, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, you did this to you. You did this to you. And then it just stuck in my head until... Finally, I came up with the idea to start this this Keto Rucker blog, start my business, and I was like, "What do I? What's my tagline? And what better to say than you did this to you?" Because I think there's a lot of power in that phrase. Oh, I is, love it. If you fail, well, you did this to you. You you when when you make a decision that's like pulling back the string on a bow with an arrow on it. As soon as you let that arrow fly, there's no taking that decision back. Wherever that arrow lands, you're responsible for it. So every decision you make when you're in life, when you're um, deciding uh, what macros am I going to set myself at? Am I going to cheat today or am I not going to cheat today? Take responsibility for what you do to yourself because you are ultimately responsible for forming yourself. So if you fail, you're at fault for failing. If you succeed, you are responsible for that success and you should revel in it and be proud. I think that's a really good way of, of looking at it. it it's, it's it's about personal responsibility. It's about stopping giving excuses for every little thing. I I, I probably I don't remember anything specific that I did in my you know pre keto life that that was an excuse that you know I wasn't you know why I wasn't healthy or why I wasn't fit or why I wasn't paying attention to any of that other than I'm just busy because I'm really good at being busy but I can be healthy and busy at the same time so that's not an excuse and I absolutely did this to me 280 pounds completely unhealthy pre diabetic all of that type of stuff. Yeah, I did that to me because I was Amen. I was snarfing down those those little debbies. I was eating out of vending machines every day, all of that. So it, it was it was not it was not a uh, a good thing at all. Um, and, and so I did that to me. So let's we're starting. We, we've been gracious with your time. We're we're winding down at this point. Um, let let's talk about what a um, day of eating looks for you, and uh, also kind of tie into that. You know, one or two. Uh, top tips or things that you have found that have made uh, living a ketogenic lifestyle that much easier? Well, uh, I would say a typical day for me, I used to be the OMOD guy. I just I would do the bulletproof coffee in the morning and then one giant meal at night, usually of ribeyes and, and butter. Um, I, when I discovered my smoker, it would just be pork belly galore. Um, nowadays, I'm trying to kind of even it out um, because uh, I just, it's, I'm, I'm not trying, I'm not, how do I say this? I'm not impressing anybody by just eating one meal a day. So why should I make myself suffer all the time? I know that eating one meal a day is a tool in my toolbox. So I don't have to use my hammer all the time. There are times where it's okay to use a screwdriver. 
Um, so now it's, you know, four or five eggs in the morning and then midway through the day, it, it'll be, um, billetong or in some water with some salt in it. Or, um, if it's, if it's one of those days, it, it, you know, because I'm on the road and there are grocery stores, uh, within my territory, it's really easy to grab a rebel ice cream. Um, but I try not to make it a habit of that because, you know, the keto treats will get you too. And then usually for dinner, yeah, they are. Uh, dinner is then uh, pretty modest, is you know just a, a, a three or four uh, good size uh, boneless, skinless chicken breasts, and then with a, a you know butter on top and some leafy green vegetables. Because um, my big thing now is I'm trying to I'm trying to dial in my diet to um, optimize, uh, my digestive health. And so eating one meal a day, I might be killing off potentially beneficial bacteria. So I'm trying to feed the bacteria throughout the day. Um, and not just, you know, getting that one big bolus at night. So I can see, and I got to tell you like today, I'm not going to go into details, but I had a bowel movement that was earth shattering. It was, <laughs> they say there are people People say that um, sex is the most overrated thing, and a good poop is the most underrated thing. And I have to agree with that. There's something gratifying about it sometimes. Yeah, your pants fit better. I'm feeling great, man. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, and and we, you and I have actually talked. We've been friends now for for a while since Mm -hmm. uh, since I arranged for you to have some keto bricks for one of your uh for one of your your uh, yeah the rock go, yeah go go rocks back in the day um so we've 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 gone back and forth and you actually suggested some some digestive enzymes i've not been consistent with with taking them uh mm. which is you know probably why they're not being as effective but whenever i was i think i was feeling a little bit of uh, benefit from them i was also during my carnivore m- month so it's hard for mm-hmm. me to uh, tell the difference between one factor and another because i made that sig- that that significant change from uh, one style of eating to another um by being completely you know veg free so uh it, it but there's all sorts of different things and we could make an entire episode out of different <laughs> hacks or different things that you would suggest for mm-hmm. uh, different people in different situations. Um, you have a wealth of knowledge in a lot of ways. Uh, I, I wanted to go back to the um, the digestive thing because I, I want to explain why I'm doing that before we, we wrap up is I learned this your digestive system is actually um, linked with your um, core, your abdominal musculature. And so if your digestive tract isn't um, functioning properly, it's a good bet that your core won't function properly as well. And so if your core can't stabilize, your arms and legs have to do the work of the core. And if they're doing a job they're not meant to do, that prones you to injury. And so what I'm kind of doing is building my base for the star course and hopefully one day taking on the selection challenge uh, and uh, having a better chance of not doing injury injury to myself. Yeah, I think that there's a a lot to be said for getting the brain, uh, brain gut thing going at full at full tilt because uh, there's a lot of connections there that we don't even fully understand on a scientific level but there's a whole brain's worth of stuff that's happening down in our in our digestive systems and um, I, everything that I'm hearing about it is that it's just it's really vital to have that particular part of our body working as well as we possibly can and uh, so how to feed that is still yet to uh, be completely defined uh, at least in a, in a really great way so 
uh, hopefully uh, we will get more information about that. And hopefully your experimentation will help um, <laughs> with, with giving some additional information for that as well. So um, let's go ahead and start wrapping up. Corey, how can people connect with you online? Uh, on Instagram, I am Keto Rucker. Uh, you can also find uh, me on Facebook. I have a Keto Rucker page set up. Um, and then uh, my website is ketorucker.com. Uh, so I post, uh, I'm going to be posting gear reviews, uh, when, uh, moments of, uh, news hit me, I, I post, uh, my thoughts on different subjects and then, uh, I do after action reports on all the events I do. Yep. Uh, so that, that some really great resources there and, uh, keep, you know, keep an eye on it. Uh, Corey's working right now to, to build up a portfolio and, and wants to offer some, some services down the line, uh, mm-hmm. once he's, uh, got the, uh, the groundwork laid and, and he, he has some wisdom and some knowledge to, to be able to share. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, let's try to get my web store up and th- running too. I'm trying to, I have, uh, my own patch with Keto Rucker logo and the motto, you did this to you. So. Eventually, when I tackle the whole web store problem, uh, those will be available for sale. Very cool. Uh, very cool. Yeah, they uh, that I, I may have to uh, actually get that so I can put it on my on my on my backpack. I, I recently got a new uh, a computer bag, but I intentionally made sure it was one that would qualify as a ruck because nice. uh, one of these days, if I have the time. I'll get in on one of these Central Texas events and because there is a group here in Austin that, that Let's meets. Let's do it. Uh, we've got to just... You got to manage your activities, my man. I do. Have Everybody's to got the same activities. 24 hours. Yes. It's all about managing activities. I spend a lot of time managing my activities in front of my computers. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, that, that absolutely is something I'm interested in doing and, and, uh, all of that. And Corey, if you do get down to, to KetoCon, we, uh, you know, we, uh, this next year, I, I know that that's still up in the air. You, you know, we, we will definitely do what we can to, to hang out and maybe wreck around a little bit. So, um, let's go around, uh, the, with the rest of us, with the socials, uh, it, it kind of goes without saying, so I'll mention, I'll, I'll, I'll mention it now so that it's true for all of us. We are in the group, all, all four of us are in the group and you can usually just tag us and we're not, not far away. Jim, unfortunately has limited access during the day these days. So he might take a little bit longer to, to respond, but we will respond if you tag us. So, um, in the Facebook group, feel free to do so. Uh, a quick disclaimer on that too is don't take anything seriously from, from <laughs> me uh, like if you say that uh hey you guys can't rehab an old man like me i'll probably comment on it and say yeah you're right don't take that seriously i don't know you i'm i'm just just dicking with you <laughs> i'm just gonna probably put an explicit tag on this one <laughs> Um, and yeah, no, that, that there's a lot of humor that goes on in our, in our Instagram group chats and all of that. And so, uh, Corey's a, a big part of that. So he's uh, got some great wisdom, but he also knows how to have a great time. Uh, Jim, how about you? How can people connect with you? Aside from the Facebook group, um, I'm on Instagram, Jim Inman, J-R. And Alberto? On Instagram at the Keto Cholo. Yep. And I am at Duckman1221 and Duckman Keto. And you can connect with our podcast on Instagram by following at Keto Man's Club Podcast. And our website is theketomansclub.com. That links you to the Facebook group, the Facebook page. It will link to the beginners group. It's links to all of the people that we have ties to, like KetoCon, and we have an Alterna Suites link. 
and all sorts of uh, links there to our socials. And uh, so if you're if you're wanting to connect with us in any way, uh, it's all there. And so that link tree is a really great resource for you. The podcast is there. Um, and so theketomansclub.com is really the only link that you really need to remember. Uh, and luckily, it's pretty easy to do so. At this point, uh, any other final parting shots? Any final questions, guys? Good. Happy New Year. Yes, there Happy it is. New Year. Yeah, Happy this, New Year. Yeah, this Get out is, there and rock. <laughs> this, will, uh, this will be airing, uh, a, you know, the, the, the first week. And so start out start out strong and get, get a uh, plan in place if you need one. Um, or start yesterday, like what we suggest in last week's episode. So, start yesterday. Yeah, just start yesterday. Well, thanks again, Corey, for joining us. That's it for this week. Until next week, make sure to eat meat, lift heavy, sleep, and repeat. Thank you for joining us for the Keto Man's Club podcast. Your support means the world to us. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Would you help us spread the word about the Keto Man's Club by sharing with your friends and family? We're available on all podcast platforms, so just search for Keto Man's Club and you'll find us. If you would like to connect with us, you can do so a number of ways. Our web address leads to our Facebook group, theketomansclub.com. That's T H E. K-E-T-O-M-A-N-S-C-L-U-B dot com. You can also follow us on Instagram at Keto Man's Club Podcast. Lastly, if you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out via email to Keto Man's Club Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you again for joining us today, and we look forward to hanging out with you again next week.